If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. A few months ago, we had the pleasure of sitting down with the one, the only Alexis Willoughby. She was there through it all. This is a deep dive into the Chrisleys. When did she first see signs that Todd and Julie might be up to some illegal activity? We talk about Todd and Julie in jail. We talk about Chase, Savannah. I don't want to give too much away. We cover it all. Now, stay tuned for this chat, never before aired, with the one and only Miss Lexi Willoughby. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. We are here with our favorite co-host ever, Miss Sarah Frazier, to welcome the one, the only Lexi Willby. Hi everyone. Nice to be on the show, guys. Thank you. Well, first of all, you look gorgeous. She's beautiful. Your makeup's done, beautiful earrings. You look great. Oh, thank you. I mean, we're so happy to have you here. You know, we read this article in the Daily Mail, you know, once we, you know, that you were married to Kyle Chrisley and then, you know, with Todd and Julie going to jail, we figured we really need to sit down and talk to you. But before we get there, tell us about yourself. You know, like, it's not just about the Chrisleys. We actually want to <laughs> say yeah, hi yeah. to you for a hot second and like know who you are. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, well, yeah, so I'm I'm Lexi Willby. Um, I was actually born in Delaware, where now I reside again. I grew up in France, though. So Lyon, France, it's a little town. It's not really a little town. It's like the second largest town um, in between um, Paris and Marseille. So it's like West, Midwest France. And yeah, so I speak French fluently. I moved back to the States when I was 13, um, went to college in Atlanta, um, grew up kind of the second part of my childhood in Atlanta. So I feel like I'm always going to be like a Southern girl at heart, even though I'm back up North. What did you, um, and, and okay, you, you went to college for what? And then, and then you graduate and, and do you stay in Atlanta and start working? Tell us a little bit about post-college. Yeah. So, um, I went to Oglethorpe university. I studied psych. Um, I've got a minor in bio. Um, and so, yeah, I just, Finished school, finished and got a job. So I still work there 10 years later. So I'm a senior account executive for a language company in Atlanta. So I, I love it. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I do. And then I met Kyle before I even got a job. So I met him, um, you know, we, we had mutual friends in high school and then we reconnected online. And we, um, yeah, we, we linked up when I was like 21. So before I even graduated. Wow. Well, you know, there's so much written. We watched the Chrisleys. You know, we know Todd is in jail for, you know, 12 years. Julie's in jail for like around seven years. 
When did you, like, what was the first negativity, like, you know, in your relationship with Kyle? Like, when did you see, like, wait a second, maybe Todd and Julie, or at least Todd, are not who I thought they were? Um, I, w- I would say it took it took a while. I would say, like, maybe six months in, six or seven months in, I, I knew something was off. Wow. And, like, what was it? Like, what, dude, was there, like, a specific event like how could you tell yeah I I remember one time just being in the office with Todd Kyle and there were process servers ringing the doorbell just on and on trying to get them served and we were just like yeah don't answer everybody just stay down don't answer and it was just just kind of stayed in the office and it was just like hmm he was like yeah you know somebody's trying to sue me you know that's like the normal thing going on now they're not they're not gonna get a penny out of me he kind of kept that haughty behavior but I was just kind of like that's a bit weird wait a minute was this when you were 21 like so you obviously knew Kyle in high school now Kyle is from a previous marriage than Julie you know with Todd his older son okay so is this like when when you guys first start dating within that first six months of dating you're you're hanging out and then these people are trying to serve Todd at his office no. So like we had mutual friends, but we didn't actually meet until I was 21. Um, like face to face as couple, like we're going to be together. Like everything else was like high school friends. His best friend was dating my best friend. So we weren't really knowing each other. It was like we knew of each other. But then you start dating. And how long into dating did you start to see these incidents with Todd? Like six to seven months in, that's what I was saying. So like Uh that time when I was over there, it was like the process service rang the doorbell and I was kind of like, what's going on here? That was probably the first time I noticed that maybe they're in some financial trouble. Um, Some other things too, so very secretive um, with certain things, but you still wouldn't know that they were in any type of evasion or fraud or anything that deep. It just seemed like they were getting served a lot. What about, okay, so Todd, you know, Todd infamously on the show is controlling, right? And we see some OCD behavior, but was there other things going on? Did Todd have other neuroses or, you know, you you have a minor in psych, like did you, or major, excuse me, um, did you notice any other behavioral things? Oh yeah. Like the first time meeting him, it was like clear narcissist, like, he just went on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Like most people kind of check on like, okay, I'm bragging or maybe I'm being a little too harsh. But when you have like no like check in with yourself, this is just not normal to ramble on and on. Just kind of like he does on the show, but even more intense. Did he ever, you know, like on the show, it's like a lot of like his way or the highway, like, you know, controlling, like Sarah said, like, did he ever direct that towards you or he tried to say like, this is the wrong way, Lexi, this is the right, like, you know, did he try to kind of control you basically? Have you guys seen the Twitter messages or the things he's, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's just on public. Yeah. He, yeah, he does not have a filter. And like I, on the show, it's like really censored in real life. It's like, curse word every other word f this f that f you f like it's like times 10 so he's censored on the show like a light version of who he really is you were married to kyle and kyle's his own flesh and blood i mean how did todd and even julie for that matter how did they treat kyle 
not not the best. Like he they they similar to just how he is, it's like on and off. Like if you're on his program, he's very nice. Once you're off his program, and that means like disagreement of any sort, it's like, get out of my face. You're no good. I'm gonna F you up. I'm gonna show you I'm the boss. You're not anybody. You're gonna see the hard way. So that's just how he moves. So Kyle kind of always had to live on edge. And then me also was living on edge because we just don't know what he's going to do next. Wow. Oh, my God. You talk about stressful in a marriage. I mean, marriage is tough enough. Wow. Seriously. I mean, was Julie any better? You know, because like on the show, you don't can't really tell. Like, is she, is she that Stepford wife where she was just yes, yes? Or was she just as like, did she direct any of that towards you and or Kyle? Julie is a lot more of a watcher and observer. You know, she has a very strong personality, so she'll speak her mind as well. She's not like an innocent little, but she still doesn't come on um, as strong as Todd. And she always, like when you go on the psych side of things, you would call her the token enabler, right? Like she doesn't have anything bad to say, whether she knows he's lying or not, whether she knows he's bullying someone or not. Cursing, like cursing someone out, she's just going to kind of sit there and agree. Not only be quiet, but she usually agrees with her husband like 99% of the time. Um, Kyle and Lindsay, at various points, those are two of Todd's children, uh, have been estranged from Todd and Julie at various points. Is Kyle still estranged from Todd and Julie now that you know of? I don't think he is anymore. Um, When we... Even were divorcing, they were back on. So they have a lot of on and off, on and off. It's never really estranged longer than like two years, maybe three years max. I'm curious, what's the worst thing that they did to you when you were married, uh, whether it was you two collectively or just you? Um, when you and Kyle were married, what was the worst thing Todd and Julie did to you guys? Definitely, uh, they annulled the marriage. So we we weren't even legally married after like he found out. So he'd went and and then we had to go to court. It was a whole drawn out thing. So kind of like how Britney Spears had the conservatorship, like Kyle had a guardianship slash conservatorship as well. So that was a whole mess getting him off of that. So we were like in court against his own father for like a whole year. Like who goes to court against their dad? Like we did. Or how did Kyle did. end up on a conservatorship? Yeah. yeah. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. How is it December already? Where has this year gone? But you know what the great thing about December is? It's the 12 days of deals at Honey Love. You know Honey Love. It's our go-to for bras and shapewear here behind the Velvet Row. December 1st through December 12th, Honey Love will be dropping new limited time deals nearly every day. You know why you guys should be thankful for Honey Love this holiday season? Because listen, you know there's nothing worse than suffering from an uncomfortable bra or shapewear. 
With Honey Love, you won't have to anymore. They've revolutionized the bra and shapewear game. Say goodbye to that uncomfortable underwire and bulky fabrics that trap heat. Honey Love's bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. And you have to check out their V-neck bra for a totally smooth fit under clothing. It's the ultimate t-shirt bra. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save up to 20% off site-wide at honeylove.com slash velvet. This month only. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. It's time to ditch the underwire for good, thanks to Honey Love. This is such a stressful time of the year. Not only do I have so much work to do for this podcast before a year ends, but there's so many holiday parties. I have to get gifts for everyone. I'm being pulled in so many different directions. I didn't know what to do, and that's why I turned to True Vega. True Vega is a handheld product that stimulates the vagus nerve to improve overall health and wellness. Why should you care about that? Because stimulating the vagus nerve with True Vega helps balance and strengthen the nervous system. What does that do? For me, it's helped reduce stress. It's increased my focus. It's definitely improved my mood. And oh my gosh, most important of all for me, it has helped me improve sleep. It's so easy to use. I use it one time in the morning and one time at night. There's no app or phone required, which I love, and it's drug-free and easy. But don't take my word for it. Visit Truvega.com. That's T-R-U-V-A-G-A.com and enter promo code VELVET to enhance your wellness journey, support this podcast, and receive $15 off. That's T-R-U-V-A-G-A.com, promo code VELVET. I had a huge meeting in the city yesterday for a sponsor I hope to land for this podcast. Fingers crossed. I was dressed up, I was looking cute, and I had on my Vessies. You know Vessies, 100% water waterproof shoes. I had an umbrella because I thought it might be raining. It started to downpour. The umbrella didn't work so good in keeping me dry, but my feet and socks were completely dry. Vessies are 100% waterproof shoes. I've tried other shoes and sneakers in the past that claim to be fully waterproof. Vessies are the only sneakers that have kept my feet completely dry even during the biggest rainstorms, like yesterday in the city. They're so comfortable. They're so stylish. And I love that you can wear them out at night for a casual brunch or like I did for a business meeting. I even wear my Vessies when I'm not expecting it to rain. But don't take my word for it. Check them out for yourself and keep your feet completely dry during any rainstorm. Head to Vessi.com slash velvet and get yourself a pair today. Just go to Vessi, V-E-S-S-I dot com slash velvet and get 15% off your first order. The drug, somehow he knows people to get things done. So he got a guardianship because he was using. Wow. 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 So, so Todd was controlling you. Like did Todd have control over your bank accounts? Your obviously clearly, I mean, he could, you guys got married. He could annul that because of guardianship. I mean, you, you were, there were three people in your marriage really. Yeah. So once we got, we won the, the conservatorship and he got off of it, we got married legally. But yeah, for the first, while we were fighting it, we were married, but it was like a pending state, almost like annulled. Um, so yeah, it, it didn't really count. He, what was the question? Well, I wondered what the worst thing he did to you. I mean, you, you you had said the worst thing he did was this conservatorship and annulled your marriage. And then, you know, really, I, I kind of just wanted context of like, da- like David was saying, you know, how did you guys end up in the conservatorship? How'd you get out of it? So you you talked about that. 
Yeah, so he would like always be involved, like a group message and just send text message and tell him something I said about Kyle and then go back and tell Kyle something I said about him and then bring somebody outside, like maybe Kyle's baby mama and somebody and just start a whole ruckus. Like every day we were fighting someone. I'm like, wait, this is not me. Like, this is not even normal. How are we having drama every single day? It was just like, wake up. You you had to check your phone because you probably had 30 missed calls, 10 text messages, and he's just... And I still have all my messages from Todd. It's just crazy. He was he was just that controlling, kind of like what you see on the show. Was he, I mean, so it sounds like, you know, you obviously are a smart person. You didn't enjoy this. It sounds like Kyle didn't enjoy this. Like, what about like Chase and Savannah though? I mean, was it like, daddy has the money? Let's just smile and be controlled because we want access to that money. Or did they seem as like, oh my God, this is too much. Well, I think he's got a good way of doing the control. So it's not like he's just waking up like, good morning, F you, you know, do this. He's really knows how to do it, right? It's only when, like you said, if you take like a step back to be like, why am I doing all of this? Then you see, you know, he's setting you up for a disaster or you shouldn't be doing this. Like, let's go to all the bankruptcy fraud stuff when Kyle started retracting his statements and going back on his word and going back on things he said to police officers and government officials. These are things that you know Todd was involved in why he was doing it. So a lot of his control is very like delivered in a nice and sweet way, manipulative way. But you know you're being manipulated, but you just kind of do it because you know once you say no, he will turn. And that's what happened like with the, the guardianship. That's what happened with, I don't know if you guys know, like Chloe was off of the show for a couple of seasons. That was also a legal case that we had going on in the background. Then there were... Um, uh, there was the uh, deposition that happened with this tax case that I had to sit in on and Kyle did a deposition as well. So there were a lot of ongoing court cases with Todd and those were the times when he really lost lost it, if you didn't agree. Like trying to win the case and saying, yeah. you got to be on my side. Yeah. And so Chase and Savannah, they're much younger and that's their father and they they have their mother, the same family, same everything. So they're very like, think you know their father's perfect which every child once does um i don't think they feel they're being manipulated or controlled and, and they weren't treated near as bad as Kyle and Lindsay were so it's a totally different lifestyle totally different upbringing why was that what, just because they were Todd and Julie's kids together or why 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 were they all treated different yeah i think their mom just being you know outside the home the influence was just different and then there was just a lot of you know, typical stepfather blended family drama that you see happen. But theirs was like on 30. Um, We've all seen the racist tweets, you know, the, the voice messages, Daily Mail published them. We don't, you know, have to rehash them here. Um, do you believe Todd is a racist or do you think he just didn't like you? I mean, he accused you of being a fame whore, uh, a liar. So what, where where do you stand on that? I think, you know, Todd's from the old South where the, that was what he knows. You know, I don't, I think even in that range, there was probably still segregation growing up in the sixties because he's like 55. Um, so there's no excuse for it, but I do think that he does not envision nor wants his family picture to include a minority, especially not black, but not a minority at all. And so when Chloe came, I feel that helped him a lot. 
to a degree, but racially, yeah, like when he gets like, that's where, you know, where your heart is. Like when he gets angry, that's, that's the kind of things he says. So that kind of tells you where, you know, that that's how he feels. He doesn't want a black person. You know, he goes to racist things. So, I mean, he cussed out a lot of different people, but I feel like mine is different in terms of the things he said, like he attacked something I couldn't control, you know, like being ashy. What does that even mean? First of all, you know, things like that, that it's like to go geared towards your race is just unacceptable. And do you think like, that's a huge reason why he didn't like you? Was it because of your race? Yeah, I think that that, that was a lot to do with it. I would say it's um 50%. Um, yeah, he just didn't want him with a black girl. Like Kyle was clear, like when he grew up, like, look, they're just not like, my dad's not down for it. It's just never been okay in our home. It's not something that we've embraced. No one in our family does either. So I'm just giving you a heads up. So he was upfront about it. So, and so even Kyle, Kyle admitted, he admitted, like, I hated black people before I had a black daughter. Like, kind of late to realize. That. Then he... Well, yeah, and clearly he's attracted to black women. I mean, so there's, uh, we've got some conflicts going on here. I'd say. Yeah. It was the drugs. Apparently, he was he was drunk. He was he was out of his mind when he got her pregnant, and then it just happened. I don't know. That's the story he told me. Um, so yeah, he. I mean, he said it also in the Daily Mail where his father raised him. You know, was not pro color. And he <laughs> actually said to you like by the way, you're going to meet my father. And FYI, I didn't like black people in the past. And that's how I grew up. And when my, you meet my father, don't expect too much. He doesn't like black people. No, he didn't say it like that. Like he would just say like, I, like we, it's a normal conversation. Like when you're dating someone, right? And you're talking about race. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, that just wasn't cool growing up. So it wasn't like he was giving me a PSA announcement, but he was always bringing up that it wasn't, um, and even Nanny, they all admit, admitted that it just wasn't something that they embraced. Even Julie, even Julie, even. I've never heard Julie say anything racial or anything about her upbringing um, on color. She never really brought up race to me, but Todd and Nanny and Kyle have been very vocal about that. Um, Lindsay, too. That's um, just not something they were raised to accept or definitely not date or bring home. Hmm. And like, even when he got Chloe, like the stories consistent with everyone, the comments that were said were just the story when I, so when I came in, I kind of came after the brink of the big racial awareness because there was already Chloe in the situation. So they were already tainted yeah. by this thing. So, um, so yeah, that that's where it all started was with Chloe. And then I came along. So they were kind of like having to be open about the conversation and they just, yeah, they're just not, they weren't, you know, used to it. They, they didn't want it in their family. Wow. Interesting. Were Chase and Savannah welcoming to you, you know, when you were introduced yeah, they were much younger. I think they were like in their teens then, 14, 15. I think Savannah was probably 14. And Grayson was little, like seven or six. So yeah, they were they were kids. You know, they they kind of watched from the outside. They were always sweet, always, you know, polite. Um, 
yeah, they didn't give any any drama or trouble. I kind of watched them with their siblings have issues. Like I know Chase and Lindsay had something issues going on, but they've never, Chase and Savannah never brought any trouble to me. And like, did you get, I mean, were they, did they display any racial predilections to not liking you, you know, either them or Julie, or was it really just Todd? It was really just Todd. And like I said, with Todd and 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 with, with Todd, he was learning with Chloe. So Chloe came in the situation afterwards. She wasn't there when I got there. So it was like after the show started. It's exactly like Kyle said on the Daily Mail. Like he went after Chloe after uh the show kind of advised him to, because it just did it looked crazy to have a black granddaughter somewhere in the middle of Anderson, South Carolina. So when he went for her it was like an all or nothing situation, which that was kind of wrong. Like it was like, okay, we're taking her. They never, she'd never been with them before. So here she comes in this all white family and seven months old. And then it was like joint custody. It was like half and half. And then the whole goal, which he was very clear on was he was going to have her full time. And then of course he put her on the show and all that just happened. Like it really happened as he planned. He like controls everything down to the, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's when, if you've ever been in family court, I mean, it's actually, they usually go out of their way to make sure a parent has custody. I mean, the parents have to really fuck up. I mean, it's, it's actually shocking that Todd and Julie ended up because Kyle is Kyle sober now. And, and his, the, the girlfriend, Savannah, uh, Chloe's mom. I mean, I know they've had on and off issues, but I mean, it's actually shocking that, that Todd and Julie have full custody. Chloe's mom's never been on drugs. She's never even been drunk, to my knowledge. This girl is just, maybe not be the richest girl, but she's just from the South, from humble beginnings. She doesn't have anything wrong with her in that that sense. Um, So he, that's why I'm so glad that this podcast is going to bring awareness to what judge signed off on this. I know in the beginning, it was, an agreement she agreed and he'd given her you know stuff that she needed at the time um and like I said she was from a you know humble beginning so you know he was flashing money and material things at her and but as we saw in the new TMZ article she wants her daughter back when she found out he was going to jail she spoke up that she she's always been steady on that um that she wants her daughter back and I have no idea who's not looking into this to see why this girl does not have her daughter. And even Kyle was clean for five years straight. Even if he'd done drugs, let's say the years he wasn't, like I know for two years out of our marriage, he was totally using beginning first year and then the last year. That's when we divorced. And then the whole five years in between, he was working, he was clean. He had drug tests, hair follicle tests. There was no drugs in you know him. He was doing well. I don't know where he is now, but I believe he's sober still supposed to be. But my question is, even visitation or having rights, I've never seen a child just get adopted with a mother that's never done drugs and a father that has been on and off using but could still, has provided and is totally able to visit his child. Do you think, you know, this is just where my mind goes, you know, Todd is so controlling and, you know, wants the whole family to say something when the process servers are knocking on the door. And like, do you think, somehow like he's an influential person in the court system in Georgia and somehow this you're shaking your head yeah the even where he got it registered like first of all court shouldn't even happen in Georgia because she was living in South Carolina 
you know, it's usually jurisdiction of where the child lives. Yeah. So if anything was happening, the paperwork should have initiated and started in South Carolina. That's where the church, she was born, Chloe was born and raised up until seven months. How all of this happened in Georgia, he's got some major connections because a judge normally, that's the first question to ask. I have a daughter now from a new relationship. You just can't get custody in any state you want if your child's been living here. So I don't know what, what, like I said, I try not to speak on it because it's so sad and it's terrible because you can imagine a mother without her daughter for so many years. Um, yeah, she, that's gotta be hard. I mean, I have a two-year-old son. It's just, I can't even imagine being away from him ever, 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 or someone else having any custody of him. It's just, once you become a mom, um, now that it's the holidays, I find myself getting very sentimental and I'm missing family and friends that I can't be around. I'm always on the go. And that's why I love Aura Digital Frames. Aura is a new, unique, and more personal way to keep in touch with those you love, especially around the holidays. My good friend from college, Jill, is always asking me what I've been up to, and I don't have time for a phone call. I like to tell her what I've been doing through pictures. And that's where Aura comes in. One of the best parts about Aura Digital Frames, there's unlimited storage. So you, your family, your friends can upload all the pics you want, whether they make it to Instagram or not. Well, that's another story. You can even interact with photos through comments and likes and emojis. It's so much fun and so personal. And it's a great way to keep in touch with people that are not in the same state as you. Give the perfect gift this holiday by visiting AuraFrames.com and get $30 off their best-selling frames with a code VELVET. These frames sell out quickly, so get yours before they're gone. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com with the promo code code velvet terms and conditions apply i've been traveling all over this holiday season planes and trains and cars normally i would get so motion sickness from all this movement but i don't go anywhere without my relief band so i'm fine Relief Band is the number one anti-nausea wristband that quickly relieves and effectively prevents nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, tis the season, morning sickness, even chemotherapy. I love that Relief Band is natural, fast-acting, and it's 100% drug-free, it's non-drowsy, and it has zero side effects. I'm really conscious of what I put into my body, and I'm thrilled that I don't have to take any pills or do anything else for Relief Band to work. Right now, Relief Band is running their 12 days of relief sale. So head over to ReliefBand.com for new discounts every day through December 12th. That's R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com for new discounts every day through December 12th. Unwrap the first of many presents this season with Holidays on the House from DraftKings Casino. With hundreds of games, prizes, and promos, DraftKings Casino has everything on your list. Right now, new players who play $5 get $100 instantly in casino credits. They have everything. Slots, blackjack, roulettes. Download the DraftKings Casino app now and sign up with promo code VELVETROPE and play $5 to get $100 in casino credits. That's promo code VELVETROPE only at DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 8- 
888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly 21 and over physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia only void in Ontario eligibility and deposit restrictions apply one per opted in new customer $5 wager required max $100 in casino credit awarded, which requires one playthrough within seven days. Terms at casino.draftkings.com slash holidays on the house. Restrictions apply. I want to, you know, I know David and I are curious. So from the moment you met Todd, did he always want to be famous? Yes. Yes. So he wasn't, there was no show when I first met him. Um, they were, they'd done a pilot or sizzle reel prior and they hadn't heard anything back. So, you know how shows are. You know, you're just waiting on a response. If you don't get a response, which nine times out of 10 people don't get a response or they just don't get chosen. So I just thought it was going to be a don't get chosen because months had passed and I'd met them now for months. So, um, yeah, Kyle was like, hopefully one day we'll hear from them. But that was the only thing we ever heard about it. Um, So everyone's going about their life. And then finally, I believe like in the springtime, they got a phone call that it was happening. And I'll never forget, you know, they were, of course, over the moon that they were going to get that first season. And so, oh, yeah, that was when, I mean, Todd was already bad from the first meeting. But when that happened, he was like, this is how it's going to be. You know, it's like you haven't <laughs> even started filming yet. You don't even, you don't even and know. And now you're going to do it. even more shit I want. So this is. <laughs> he turned up like it went way up. It was like, oh, goodness, this is not going to be good. And it wasn't. That show was not good for his already narcissistic character. Well, did he call you to and say, hey, you better start doing, I want you to do this. I want you to look this way. I want you to, like, did he, what happened? He was always a stickler with looks. And that was a big thing for him. Like, maybe you should lose some pounds. You know, you need to, you know, this, like when he went shopping, like this, you know, size four is what you should be for your height. And, you know, he was always big on fashion and like looking good. So that was not because of the show. But when the show did come, he was big on, you know, nobody better ask me, you know, just turn in to act like he was already a celebrity before it had even aired. He started to just, you know, then the name dropping went crazy and which he did live in a neighborhood with some celebrities because he, you know, obviously had all this money. Um, but when, when the show happened, all of a sudden he knew this person on a personal level, that person, he was this famous person before it even started. So he always won with this. Did he like, I mean, did they all want to be famous? Like, was Julie dying for this Savannah chase? Like, was it, or was it just Todd? Yeah, I I remember driving with Julie, unfortunately, to a rehab to drop off Kyle. And we were driving to Memphis and, you know, she said, this was before the show even aired. And she was just like, I just love living in luxury. I love the spa. I love getting my nails done. I love the finer things in life. Like that was what she was telling me. I'll never forget. And I was just listening that this is, this is what I love. Like this is the life for me. So, and they kind of lived that life before the show because now we're finding out it was fraudulent money, but they kind of kept that spa shopping spree, all the things she listed that she loved to do. Those are one of her like hobbies, everything that was like crazy expensive that normal people, you know, don't do on a regular basis. Oh, wow. 
What did you think that Todd did? I mean, because I guess even now I'm thinking back, all right, was he in real estate? They had multiple homes. They moved to different. Okay. What did you think Todd did? Or what did he say he did? Yeah, I never really understood personally. Yeah. That was the big thing, right? So Kyle never told me uh, anything about, you know, how wealthy they were. So that was a big thing. And if you see Kyle, he's like a regular Southern man, you know, you're not thinking much of it. And he lived with Nanny in the beginning. And he told me he was just helping out with his grandma because at the time Nanny was taking care of Catherine. So it looked like a, a legit story, like a nice guy living with his grandma, taking care of her because the father's busy with three young kids, you know, raising them with his wife. Right. So Kyle acted as that. That's how I met Kyle. Um, and everybody, like even through our friends, he was always just seeing nobody knew about this big, wealthy person. So when we went to his dad's house for Easter, I'm like, wait a minute. What you know what? This was the first time you ever meeting Todd because Nanny's house is a net regular, nice neighborhood home, just a regular home. That's when I knew these people are crazy loaded. There's something they've got to be doing something right. Then when I started to ask Kyle, said he's in real estate. So when people say real estate, that's vague. And yes. I know he had this big real estate company that is, that got, oh, that was another red flag. It got shut down. It's like, well, what happened to it? Oh, he went out of business because of, he lost the Fannie Mae contract. That was the story. I mean, well then how are you guys still affording it if you lost a contract, right? And I guess he had saved the money from all this big business that I heard about. And he showed me where it was in Buckhead. It's a very nice, like one of the top buildings, I would say, in that, in Atlanta. So the fact that it was shut down and he didn't work anymore, there was no real reason on what they did. So they just kind of sat home when I met them. How did you get involved? Like, I know, I mean, okay, now we did, we ended with jail for both of them. But like, I know you were involved way back with like, the, not even the feds, but like the Georgia Department of Revenue, like they were, they came to you to aid with that investigation, which is much smaller than the feds. But like, how does that come about? You know, like when they say that to you and you're dating Kyle, were you like, oh, of, of, of course, because I had all these, you know, things or were you just totally shocked? And how'd you get involved with that? Yeah, so we were already married. We weren't dating. So the feds, like the, the Georgia Department didn't come till later, like maybe 2015, 2016. And at first it was just questions. Um, it actually started with a reporter. So like you guys, but a reporter uh, for like, I think she was like with 11 Alive or something. And she had been in contact with the DOR. And um, she was just like, you know, they're, they're being, you know, investigated and I'm doing a story and I would love to have you and Kyle come down to the studio. So here we are at 11 Live Studio. And they said, we have a few questions, which you saw. And it was stuff that was like, you know, your father's being investigated and you you want to cooperate, right? Because you don't want to hear anything. When you hear that, you're going to cooperate. I mean, only a fool is going to say a lie or just say no. I mean, I guess you could say no, but at this time we weren't even on good terms with him. Um, He had been telling everyone he was making all these millions, the tweets, as you saw with me, he was cursing us out. And, you know, we were nobodies. You know, Kyle was bipolar. Kyle was, you know, he's no longer going to be on the show because of blah, 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 really because he married me. That's why he couldn't be on the show. Um, it was just on and on and on about how great he was doing. So when you hear this, it was a nice aha moment. So of course you want to learn more because you're like, well, we knew something wasn't right because he was already filed bankruptcy. It got discharged, but it's like, it doesn't just go away that quickly. So we kind of knew we needed to dig deeper just to kind of figure out 
where in this investigation are they really? And that's when we found out how bad it was a little bit. Oh, my God. 2015. 2015. So so basically after you meet with the Department of Revenue, Georgia Department of Revenue and you and, you know, Channel 11, you do this. So, I mean, did you and Kyle go home and you're like, holy shit? I mean, what were they saying? Were they saying like Todd owes eight million dollars? We believe Todd might be, you know, um, manipulating his tax returns or to get more money from the bank. Like, did they really give you a sense of this is really bad? They didn't say much, right? Because they're trained to be very discreet, right? So they try to get as much out of you. So all you know is what you can gather from. Why are they asking these questions? Like, where did you live? Um, Where state did you get your license in? Where did you spend the majority of your time? Where did your dad live? How many homes do you guys own? Do you remember visiting here for how long? So you don't know what they're getting at, but you know it's got to be evasion. It's got to be, you know, then that's when the warehouse came into play, which is a whole nother saga where they found all this stuff of uh, the, the, a lot of the documents which came into the IRS case. So they, they just were questioning. It was like, a, and it was subpoenaed. We were subpoenaed, both me and Kyle. All right. Well, that's when, you know, shit's heavy, you know, <laughs> getting subpoenaed for the feds or the, okay, shit's real. I mean, you know, they're busy. They ain't doing that for fun. I mean, Okay, when when Todd's living in the lap of luxury, how materialistic was he? I mean, we see he's very extravagant on the show. I mean, did you guys benefit at all? Were they sending you cars? Were they sending you gifts? Or was it really all about Todd and Julie and the kids that live with them? And they were, you know, how materialistic was he? Um, he's very, very materialistic. Um, but he he did have a sense of a small sense of generosity. So give the devil his credit. He would send the candles, you know, he know, I love candles. So he would send us, you know, we candles on Christmas, you know, nothing to the degree of, you know, what he was spending on himself, but it's still nice to thought that counts. You know, I remember Kyle and I went on vacation. He would send us, you know, he sent us like, I don't know, maybe $2,000, go have fun, you know, enjoy vacation. It was nothing great, anything I can recall. Like we didn't get any big break, but these were when things were going well with him uh, and, and in the beginning and in the end. So remember, we were like a string, the whole middle part of the marriage. So in the mm-hmm. beginning, he would do small things like that or take us, always take us out to eat if we are there. Um, no, you're not talking cars or no, nothing like that. Now he was always having a plan for us. Like, and that's where the manipulation came in. So my... I worked, right? I had my parents. My father passed away at an inheritance. We bought a house. So we did a lot with my dad's help, my family's help. So what his plan would always be was things that we worked and Kyle worked hard, UPS, right? He was a driver there. So we just were like typical couple, but we had our savings. And he would try to make plans that revolved around where we could lose really what we worked for. And that's what he was big on. I don't know if it was jealousy but he would do little things or it convince us to spend on things. And it's like, how would that even help us? And if you're not paying for it and you're supposed to be this millionaire dad, why would we sell our home or, you know, mortgage, get a second mortgage or things like this that he would ask us to do or move to LA that we can't afford LA, you know, things like that were like small things he would try to convince Kyle and I to do, which Kyle was always onto it. Like Lexi don't, don't fall for this. This is just a scam, which I knew at this point because we've been in so many schemes the whole entire marriage that it just had to be ignored. 
did he use money like for control? Like, was he trying to like get you to use your money so that then you would have none? So you'd have to go to, you know, Todd. And is that what he did like with Chase and Savannah too? Like, did he use money to all the children as like a, you know, none of you have any, so you have to come to me for everything. That is exactly what it was, David. I feel like that was, when I look back on it now, it was always like anything we ever worked for. It was just like, get rid of it. So that way we'd just be depleted. So I think he also knew he was going down. So like when someone's going down, they want to make sure everyone else is off the ship too. So you can't sustain yourself. So it's like, why would we do these things? So yeah, I believe that that was what it, like, even when I think about like how they, like after I divorced Kyle, they um, filed a motion to set aside the divorce. That was like two years of, of, of litigation of Kyle, myself and Todd, who was a witness star witness in this case, which he had nothing to do with our divorce or getting married in the first place. We had this um, deposition that came up for his tax case that he had me forced to come in, found me in Delaware, had people here in this house um, knocking on this door up here, found me since I moved out of state. Um, I can't even imagine how much it's got to be to get someone served out of state and keep trying to stalk them to get in this deposition case. Um, All the podcast remarks and voicemails that everyone's heard. So it was like, this was an, an effort to bankrupt me because it's just case after case after case. And I'm not even with your son anymore. They had asked for a DNA test on my daughter to make sure it wasn't Kyle's. Kyle and I had, had done IVF in the past and frozen our embryos. And so this child I have is from a new relationship, my daughter. And this was, they asked for a DNA, things that was just legally bleeding, just bleeding me. And really this is wow. his, yeah, this is his strategy. And that's what he did with Angela, right? Like, that's why she can't take care of her child, right? Like, he's just taken so much, you know, every bribe costed her way more than she could ever repay or get back or fight for. So she just kept digging herself deeper. And that's, he's very good at that. So it like starts with one case. And then before you know it, I had like three ongoing pending cases and I'm not even married to Kyle or affiliated with the Chrisleys, but I'm in court with them more than I even was when I was married to them. Holy shit. I mean, was, he really is a, a narcissist, like beyond. Yeah. I've worked with somebody very that has some similarities. And it is. Yeah. I mean, you're brave. Similar. I, I give you a lot of credit. I mean, I know he's serving 12 years in federal prison now, but I mean, I do give you a lot of credit. It's very hard to speak up against these people because they do exactly what you say. Most people move on with their lives. You know, you go on, you know, you whatever, right? You get divorced. People don't care. The parents move on. But when you're talking like a narcissistic OCD, manic human being, they they just keep coming and coming. And co- like when you least expect it, they they pop up. Was this like continuing right to the end? Like right before, like he, this wasn't, this was recent, right? Yes. So up until last year, I had my last court case last year with them. It, wait, Kyle and I divorced in 2019. Why was I in court in 2022? Like it was that bad. It was just he, like like you said, Sarah, just just the standard narcissist, but a narcissist that even when he's going down, he was paying to have me just remember. And I left his son, not even him. So what is the issue? What's the vendetta? Then he puts up that you know this whole tax thing, but most of the information Kyle knew. What the things I, I could say was things that was after. And then we know Lindsay's involvement. She was literally a federal witness. So look over there and stop bringing me down. I think I was an easy target too, because I think he wants to do that to his kids, but he can't because of his, his notor- he, he's known 
So everybody would be looking like, who's suing your kids? So I kind of got the wrath of things that Lindsay and Kyle really did. And yeah, I was involved. I'm not going to say I'm innocent in the whole thing. I knew what was going on. We were talking and we were really just obeying the law and working with the federal government. I was going to say, you should give your, I mean, they were doing very illegal stuff. I mean, you guys, you know, you, it's not like you would have gone, you know, the feds came to you. I mean, what are you going to do? Sit there and lie? I mean, that'd be bananas. Exactly. Exactly. So. Why didn't he want you? Because you said, you know, you and Kyle, like you weren't, you know, he said you're not allowed on the show. Like, why was that? Was it because of your race? Was it because, you know, Chase and Savannah or the, it was, it didn't fit the image of what we're going to roll out to America? Yeah, I 100% believe that because you look at Lindsay, Will was on the show and Will is her husband. He's white, right? You see Savannah, she's dated God knows how many at this point. We see multiple boyfriends have shown up on the show that we, you know, anyone could watch and see. Chase has had his share of girlfriends on the show, right? Then you have Kyle and it's just like Kyle. And not only that, it was almost portrayed as if he was single. Even when you look at the tweets, you look at the things, he's making it seem like I'm just some whore that found him off the side of the street. When it's like, we were married, we worked hard, we built we bought, built a house together. We, um, you know, he was working. This was the longest he'd ever been clean. Even Todd has admitted this. Kyle was on the straight and narrow. Like you see, you didn't see all this crazy stuff in the news once we got married and away from him. So for me to just not be on the show because he said, and he has no reason. Also, he just likes to say, I'm there seeking fame or I'm seeking God. It's like, no, at least let Kyle show that he's actually married because that's not even an accurate depiction of his life that you put on that these this season. So it didn't bother us that we weren't on it because he wasn't trying to portray the reality of who Kyle was dating, but he wanted all his other kids to show the reality. Even though he didn't like Will, he still allowed Will to get go on the show, get paid for it, and at least show his face with me and, you know, just didn't happen. The well, rumor- I was like on a season of a episode in the background, but not really on the show. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the alleged rumor is that Chase and Savannah are having a really hard time. I'm sure Nanny is too, uh, with financially, you know, aside from Savannah's podcast. Um, I'm not sure what they have for income. I mean, what do you think their financial state is like now? Well, what about Chase and Savannah? We're about to get more into what Chase and Savannah are going through. Nanny Faye, little Grayson, we cover it all. Everything going on with Todd and Julie from jail. We have so much. We've just begun to scratch the surface. And can we really expect to ever see Chase and Savannah? I mean, they say they're pitching a reality show. Are they really coming back to reality TV? Man, I never really expected any of this to happen with a Chrisley. So stay tuned for part two coming really soon. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones. And the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. 
or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.